0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. Luke chapter 5, guys, you guys all there? Luke chapter 5. You know, many things come to mind as I read this passage, as I read this passage a few uh, months ago. I had a chance to to teach uh, the little ones in the first through uh, third grade classroom this passage here, in the, and I was super blessed uh, to hear from the from them the things they had to say about this uh, section here. Felt the urge even to share this with the the guys on Friday nights on the softball team, and for some reason it hasn't hasn't left my heart or my mind since then. So I thought it'd be cool to share it with you guys what the Lord has shown me and, and is teaching me. Now I venture to say, to say that many of you have read this section before, right? And, uh, you know, really awesome moment in the life of Peter when he's called into the ministry of Jesus. Peter is someone we can relate to, not perfect in any way, you know, says the wrong, th- wrong things at times, uh, doesn't always make the right decisions. You know, Peter had a habit of telling Jesus no. Believe it or not, in Matthew 16, verse 22, when Jesus was telling the disciples of his coming, his future death and resurrection, Peter takes Jesus aside and tells Jesus, Jesus, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And in another instance, in John 13, 8, when uh, Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, you guys remember that, teaching teaching them about servanthood? Uh, He got to Peter, and Peter told him, you shall never wash my feet, Lord. So I think Peter learned a lot from walking with Jesus and as most of us have, as most of us have in our walks as Christians. And I think that's the key. You know, we need to always be learning, always be hearing the Lord and always growing. So here in the gospel of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Peter, I think, comes to a point in his life where he realizes that it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what my experience has been. He says this word, nevertheless, nevertheless. Um, I will do what you say. That word has just been constant in my mind uh, the last couple of months and in my heart. Without a doubt, you know, the Lord has pointed some things out to me, uh, things I need to change, things I need to get better at, etc. So let's start. Let me pray before we start. Our Lord, we come before, let me thank you, Lord, for this uh, this time, Lord, as we open your word, Lord. I pray you bless it, Lord i pray you forgive me of my sins or help me lord to um again lord draw closer to you lord each and every day help me lord to decrease lord and you increase lord and be my brothers and sisters or not knowing what they're going through lord um spiritually lord, or physically lord um i pray lord that you meet meet them where they're at lord and that you minister to them lord and i thank you for everyone here lord i pray you be with the the mexico team lord not sure if they're on their way back, Lord, but I know I think they're coming back today, Lord. I pray you give them safe traveling mercies, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for that ministry, Lord. And I just thank you so much for all you've done for us, Lord. I pray you bless this time, Lord In Jesus. In me praying, amen. So a few points. I just got to have three. Uh, here, here they are. Ready? First point, hearing the word of God, verses 1 through 3. Second point, obeying the word of God, verses 4 through 7 and seeing the miracles of God, verses 8 through 11. First, first point here in the Word of God. We'll read the whole the whole section, then we'll come back. Everyone ready? Chapter 5. It says, So it was, as a multitude pressed about him to hear the Word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to Out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." But Simon answered and said to him, "Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word I will let down the net." And when he, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both their boats, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and jesus said to simon do not be afraid for now on you will catch men so when they had brought their boats to land they forsook all and followed him pretty cool pretty cool section here right so if you can picture you know first first point here in the word of god and so if you can picture this a, a multitude pressing forward to jesus to hear the word of god this lake uh genazaret is more common to us uh, as the sea of galilee you know, it's crazy that Jesus, as we read here in verse 1, stood by the lake almost having nowhere to go. Nowhere to go because of the multitude of people pressing towards him. You know, a lot of the people pressing forward to Jesus many times mentioned in the Bible how people pressed toward Jesus. They, they, they It says that they thronged and pressed him in Luke chapter 8. You know, those words mean to, to press on every side, to compress, and almost like a sense of urgency trying to get to Jesus. You know, just taking that verse one, uh, it's it's really awesome. the The whole reason they were pressing uh, towards Jesus was so they can hear what the word of God. To hear the word of God, hearing the word of God is is nice. Uh, but I imagine, but imagine hearing the word from Jesus, from Jesus Christ himself. You know, kids. Kids are. Or I mentioned in the first service. Kids are brutally honest, right? They'll say anything. They'll Whatever that's on their mind, they'll say it. And one of the kids, when I taught, the, the little ones uh, brought this up in class, and this little boy told me, you know, wow, Jesus taught them. You know, he's probably a way better teacher than you are, all you know, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was definitely, you know, without a doubt, the best teacher ever, right? Best teacher ever. You know, many times in the, in the people in the Bible said that, that Jesus taught with authority, with authority. His word was like not like the teaching of the scribes. You know, it was different. In, a sense. in John uh, seven verse forty six, uh, the temple officer, officers said, "This speaking of Jesus. This no man has ever spoke like this before.' You know, who better to speak for the Father than the Son?" So our first point was hearing the word of God, and one subpoint under that is um, you can write down the word desire, desire. The desire of Jesus to give out the word of God, but also the desire of the people to, to hear it, right? To hear it. You know, people coming to him, people pressing towards him, he never stopped. Jesus is always and always will be our example of dedication to his calling. He said, I much must preach the kingdom of God. He said in Luke 4, 43, his desire to give out the word of God was at the top of the list. You know, he didn't want to do anything else. The way people were going to be released from their their struggles and chains back then is the same today, uh, by giving them the word of God. And that desire that Jesus had needs to be—is it inside of us? When people approach me, when people approach you, with whatever problems they might have, you know, is our first instinct to give them the word of God. You know, it could be a, a friend, it could be to our, our family members, our children, our spouses, or even here in the ministry. You know, it seems that as Christians, that, that should be normal, right? It should be normal. It should be a normal reflex. You know, when you go to the doctor, they hit your knee and it pops up. Reflex, right? It should be like that. But, but to be honest, I know it's, it's not mine all the time, it's not my reflex. Sometimes I won't give them counsel that's from the word of god sometimes i'll I'll give them my own I'll give them my own and and that's a scary place to be at because you know you put yourself as a as a person of so-called authority instead of of God having that rightful place right and even on the on the flip side, you know as people, we should always have that desire to hear to hear the word of God you know, pressing forward with urgency like, like these people were, knowing that the help that we need in, in this life comes from the Lord, not anybody else, and ultimately through His Word. You know, I'm losing out whenever I don't put priority on spending time with Him every day. I'm losing out, right? If I don't spend time with Him in the Word and praying, I'm losing out. Every time I don't come to service to hear the Word of God, I- I'm losing out. Because God wants to speak to us. Every every opportunity right? we have, God wants to speak to us, correct? every opportunity but that desire uh, in everyone's heart um, needs to be there to hear the word of God it should be there and if it's not there something's wrong you know um, usually there's been sin in my life when that desire is not there you know missing out uh, coming to service missing out on good counsel missing out on what God wants to do in your life in my life what he wants to change what he wants to build up and how he wants to use this for, for other people, right? And here in the ministry, hearing is very important and it's how we communicate more often than not. Uh, you know, where I work, uh, it, gets, it gets really noisy, sometimes to the point where it actually hurts if you don't have hearing protection on. So, so at work, you know, they have us all, all, all these guys in this hearing, uh, you know, safety and hearing protection program, and they, they check our hearing, you know, yearly. You guys remember those tests where you where you hear the the beeping noise and you press the button and you press, you hear it for the rest of the day sometimes, um, but that they do that with us over there, and to make sure that, that we're not losing our hearing. You know, it's the kind of work the, the kind of work I do. You know, in the environment that we're in, you know, lots of noise. You know, you're wearing hearing protection, so it's kind of diminished a little bit. If your hearing isn't good to begin with, you know, you you put yourself in danger. You know, because sometimes, you know, we at work can't always make eye contact. So sometimes we're working close to each other. Sometimes, you know, crazy things happen, you know, parts fall, uh, you know, forks are driving by, cranes are moving. Uh, You know, when all that stuff is happening, communication needs to be at a high level. You know, and if your hearing isn't great, you know, you could be seriously hurt there. You know, and I really think the Lord was ministering to me this, how this transfers over into our walk as Christians. You know, there are a lot of things going on around us, lots of things that make noise, lots of things that, that can hurt us. And if your hearing is damaged, our hearing of the Word of God, you know, we could get hurt. You guys understand? We could get hurt. And we all know it's not our hearing with our ears. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of the heart. Are we receiving the, the Word of God today? Yesterday, day before, tomorrow—Are we going to let it, let the word of God penetrate our hearts, or is it just bouncing off? We come here and we leave the same. Here's a reference you can write down: Second Timothy, verse uh, chapter three, verses sixteen through seventeen. It's a familiar one. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped." For every good work, that inspiration, uh, that phrase, inspiration of God, literally means literally means God breathed. God breathed. Profitable for many things, but I really like how it says to make us complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work, can write this down too. Hebrews four twelve speaks of the word of God as well. For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any than any two edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart, living and powerful. I remember David said, he said this, he had the Spirit of the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him, it said, and his word was on my tongue. And that's so cool. Good example for us. So if, if we have that desire to hear the word of God, that, that pressing forward, that pressing forward, that urgency, it brings us to the next point, which is, which could be somewhat difficult. Is remember the second point? Obeying the word of God. Our second point is obeying the word of God. Jesus sees the fishermen washing their nets. And they had left their boats, uh, gets into Simon's boat, and asks Simon to push out a little from the land and teach, to teach the people. So let's read verses one through se- uh, 4 through 7 again. Obeying the word of God. 4 through 7. You guys there? You guys with me? 4 through 7. It says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, out, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. So Jesus uh, ends his, his teaching there, his, his sermon, and he tells Peter to to go out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. You know, not really sure what the topic was there, but I'm sure everyone was touched in a certain way. Um, and who who had the best seat in the house that day? It's Peter, huh? It's Peter's boat, and that's really cool. He, Jesus used his boat to teach. Peter Peter heard every word clearly. He was sitting right there, and I'm sure he was encouraged in many ways. His knowledge of the Word of God was increased, and I bet he was convicted in some way during the message too, as, we, as I am normally. Um, and I'm sure many of us uh, have sat in a study here or another fellowship and heard the Word of God, and we're like, wow, that message was for me. You guys ever felt that before? That message was for me. Um, I have many times, you know, Lord. The Lord lays out our lives; He lays out whatever we are going through, and speaks speaks to us on those terms. He tells us what we need to fix, what we need to do to fix it. You know, our situations. We hear it, but what do we do with it? And that's exact, this is exactly I think where where Peter is at. He's heard the message of Jesus, but now he is facing a request from the Lord, and you know, what will he do? The request that Jesus makes goes beyond all reason in his own mind. It goes against every experience that he has had as a professional fisherman. He is tired from fishing all night. What will he do? Jesus tells him to launch out into the deep and let down his net for a catch. It wasn't to see if there was any fish. It was to let your net down for a catch. Any any fishermen here? Anyone like to fish? Right, lots of fishermen here. Um, I remember I I would go fishing when I was younger. I didn't really like it too much. Uh, My dad liked it a lot, um, and my cousins did, so I kind of just tagged along sometimes and just had fun. Uh, It was cool to spend time with them um, because I loved them. And the thing that I didn't like about it, anyone guess? You guys aren't guessing right. It's getting up early. Anyone say that? I was getting up early, I didn't like, because you had to get out there, crazy hours, still dark, and it was weird. Um, that was the thing I didn't like about it. This, there is really a lot of, of, in fishing, There's if you're a professional fisherman, or you really make a sport out of it, there's lots to think of. You know, you have to take into account You know, the, the time of day, how hot it will be, the temperature of the water. You know, what type of fish you're going to catch and the type of fish you're going to use, the line, the lure, all that stuff. Even the moon determines the way the fish are going to behave that day and, you know, all that that stuff. And I hear these guys at work and they talk about fishing and all the stuff they're going to bring and, and they think it's going to happen. And I'm like, man, that's a lot to catch a fish, huh? That's a lot of stuff to think of to catch a fish. But I guess if you like, you know, it's cool. You know, But doing all these things, researching, getting all your equipment ready, making sure you have everything, getting up early, waking people up who don't get up in the morning to meet you, right? And I, what's the worst thing that can happen? You don't catch any fish, right? You don't catch any fish. And that's always a bummer. Uh, a wasted day almost, right? I mean, the fellowship is probably cool. But the, the point of going was to catch fish, and you didn't catch any. And it's almost like a wasted effort, so much preparation for nothing also fishing in itself hope i don't don't insult anybody but more more often than not isn't isn't very strenuous right it's almost just and then reel it in right kind of it's kind of simple but i mean getting out there on the boat you you i mean you're out there in the sun i guess the sun kind of drains you a little bit uh, but you're just casting away and reeling and nothing too hard about it um but back then on the lake here of the nazareth repeaters that you know in the sea of galilee it was much different for these fishermen. What would they use? They would use poles, right? They would throw, they would throw nets out. They would use these nets to catch their fish, and they would throw um, these nets all night long, and they would pull them in all night long. You know, sometimes with fish, and sometimes you know with any. You know, I, I've I've ruled in a few, and it's fairly hard, right? If you get a bigger fish on there, but imagine catching like ten or fifteen in a net and pulling up the net, that'd be pretty hard. But it was much more physical, much more physically demanding, physically draining uh, back then. Uh, But, uh, you know, I did a little research as far as how they were. There were two common ways fishermen back then would catch fish. Um, First, The first one was uh, they worked like in teams, right? Uh, Two boats, one big long net, right? Uh, Floats on top, weights on the bottom. They let it fall, and the boats would come slowly to shore and that's how they would catch the fish you know they would go to the shallow end and they would catch their fish like that kind of simple all right but um that was the first way and then the second way it was the way peter was going to do it it was more like a for as an individual um and he would he would throw out the net and the net kind of worked uh, kind of in the same way it it had weights on the bottom of the net but instead of dragging the fish to shore or pulling him in the, the fishermen, when they' pulled the net in, it was constructed in a way where it would almost scoop up and close up and bring the fish in like that, um, and sometimes for a big catch the The art of it the there was an art uh, in it though the way they threw it. some people think you just threw out the net you know pretty easy, but I was watching some video on on the internet about this and because some people still use this method and it 's pretty hard because first. You have to make sure you make sure you hold on to them, right? Because I'd probably be the one to throw out the net and not hold on to it, and the net's gone. But there's like a long string you have to hold on to with one hand, and all the rest of it. I mean, it's a big net, and I think that the diameter was like like 20 feet in diameter. So it's all wrapped up in your arm, on your shoulder, all the weights and stuff, and then you got to fling it out pretty far as well, and it's got to open up real nice. That way it, it sinks to the bottom, and then you get a good catch. So there there was – it was – Fairly hard, and I mean, it could get tangled up. So I'll imagine getting that net and trying to toss it out perfectly, right? Being a part of it, be all tangled up. Um, but Simon Peter was a professional fisherman. You know, he did this for for work to sell fish, and, and more likely than for his own food. Uh, when Jesus asked him to let down his net for a catch, he was uh, he had been doing this all night. He was tired. And uh, he, was, he had already washed his nets, like it says, and he, call, he was calling it a night. He was giving up. Uh, let's read his response again in, in verse 5 real quick. It says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word I will let down the net. What's the first word out of Peter's mouth? He calls him Master, huh? Master. The word in the Greek is is uh, uh, defined as chief or commander or, or overseer. So that's a good thing. You know, Peter recognizes Jesus as as the boss, as the commander. Um, then he kind of reasons with them a little bit and almost suggesting that this idea of his is probably not the greatest idea. Boss, master. Um, you know, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Toiled, toiled means to to grow weary you know, tired and even to the point of ex- exhaustion. You know, we have been been doing this all night, Master, trying to catch fish, and the night is far over. This isn't the time that you can catch fish. So the day's already g- going to begun. You know, the sun's coming out. The fish are going to go deeper um, to cooler water. But now th- this is the word that has been circling around in my mind for, for months now, it seems like. He says, nevertheless sounds cool, right, nevertheless, but it just means but, but or even so. You know, it's, it's defined like this. And you know, when I say nevertheless, whatever I'm going to say next totally outweighs what I said before. You know, if I say McDonald's, nevertheless, in and out right? in and outs way better than McDonald's. You know, better suggestion, better, better food, stuff like that. Peter has mentioned all the hard work that he put in all night, how tired he was, how exhausted he was. But he says, nevertheless, all that stuff didn't matter. You know, I will do what you say, because you are my master. You are Jesus. You know, all those things didn't matter. I'm sure we can all sympathize with Peter here in some way, being tired, being exhausted, not just physically, but spiritually spiritually as well. Amen? But Peter obeys at his word, and he lets down his net. And what happens? Verses six and seven we'll read those again, and when they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so they can so that they began to sink you know two two subpoints under this point of obeying the Lord is uh the first one is directed by Jesus, directed by Jesus. You guys ever try something with all your strength, with all your wisdom, and failed? Raise your hand. All right. Um, I'll be the first one, like I did, the first one to raise my hand. I'm still learning how to do this. Um, It it could be, speaking from my own experience, it could be raising my kids. It it could be loving my wife as Christ loved the church. Um, It could be for you ladies, you know, being that helper to your husband. It could be to your you single guys and single gals waiting for a, a spouse. It could be loving your neighbor. It could be just being a good witness at work, you know, using all your strength to do these things. You know, fill in the blank with whatever you have tried. If you have tried to do any of these things on your own strength, in your own way, on your own time, with your own wisdom, I guarantee you that you didn't catch anything like Peter did. You you told all night in in your boat to the point of exhaustion and came back to shore empty-handed, with with no results, empty nets. You know, just like Peter and his crew, um, just like Peter and his crew. But when your efforts are directed by Jesus Christ, you will have extraordinary results, almost over the top results like they had here. Your nets will begin to break. As understand. You know, if I love my wife the way the Lord tells me to, putting her needs above my own, dying for her each day, without grumbling, without being a burden, the Lord's going to bless it, right? Even even here in the ministry, you know, if I if I let the Lord direct my efforts, it will it will almost be easy, almost, right? I mean, you know, teaching the kids. You know, you want to you want to let them have fun and and do things, but just praying with them and teaching them—it's all they need. Teaching them how to pray. You know, before I remember when I first got involved, and you know, some of the kids have grown, but their their prayer requests have totally changed. You know, who they pray most often for is you guys. It's not the toys anymore. It's not the the pets anymore. You know, they develop that that relationship with the Lord that. There are more things important in life than getting stuff, right? Praying for your parents, praying for your aunties and your uncles, your brothers and sisters, the sick, the older people. That's what they pray for. But I, but I still have, there's still that level of responsibility. Uh, you know, Don't get me wrong, but there is security in just listening and obeying the Word of God. You know, just, just like I work, at work, I tell the new guys, you know, just, just do what the boss says and you'll be safe. There's security in that. You guys understand? Just doing what the boss says and you'll be safe. You know, the crazy thing is, is when you obey, more often than not, you know, the enemy sees and he, he's going to challenge you. But when when you are tested in those areas, when your efforts, your efforts will be blessed when they are founded on the rock, right? When they were planted and rooted and grounded in the word of God. They'll be blessed. Uh, You can turn a few pages over, Luke chapter 6. This talks about that. I'm sure you guys have all read this. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. It says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, I like that word, deep, and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock. You know, when, when, when I, when you listen and obey, the Lord will, will fill up our boats with a boatload of fish, and, and we'll bless you. Um, you guys know, the Lord wants to bless you, right? It's not just, you know, some people think finances already, you know, right away, but it's not like that. It's not like that. Uh, the Lord wants to to uh, to use you for other, uh, to bless other people, to bless your family, and it's not necessarily about yourself. It's about others. And the second point under that 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 point is uh, not just the. the it it is called not directed by Jesus. The second point is you're a witness. You're a witness. And I think it's pretty obvious, you know, when you obey other people will see and be attracted and even even affected by it. You know, Peter obeyed, got this crazy catch of fish, needed help pulling the catch up, and others came and saw what had happened. And it says later that they were astonished by it. Even in in that we have to be careful, you know, we can't be taken away by what others think, you know, when they're looking at us, you know but just have to keep plugging away, obeying the Lord, and when he gives the increase in any way, who do we give the glory to? The Lord, right? The glory. Peter didn't say, you know, look, look what I caught. You know, and neither should we. So the first point was hearing the word of God, and underneath that was desire. Uh, number, point number two was obeying the word of God, and those two points under that were directed by Jesus and your witness. Last point, point number three, is the miracle. The miracle of Jesus, the miracle of God. Let's read verses 8 eight through 11 again. This is when Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And this is really awesome here. You know, at first when I when I labeled this point, you know, the miracle of Jesus or the miracle of God, um, what, did you, what did you think I was going to describe? All the fish he caught, right? But I'm like, they're just fish. They're just fish. Um, I think the real miracle was when, when Peter Peter fell at the feet of Jesus Christ. You know, I really think that's the miracle. You know, Peter, after seeing what Jesus can do in his life, he put himself where he should be, but more importantly, he put Jesus where Jesus should be. Lord of his life. You know, Peter felt so unworthy to be in the same boat as Jesus. Peter felt so unworthy to be a part of the work of Jesus Christ. Peter felt unworthy to be loved by him. Why? Because Peter was like us a what? A what? a sinner. You know, just like Peter, uh, Jesus has never given up on us, gave up on us. You know, there's always opportunities to to serve him, to come back to him. And Peter came to a place where he was like, you know, I'm done. You know, you take control of my life, Lord. You know, it's it's a place of of humility, right? a place of humility, a place of reverence to Jesus Christ. It reminds me of the prophet Isaiah uh, when he saw the Lord sitting high and lifted up. What did he say? He said, Woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean limbs. Or, uh, or even when the centurion in, in Matthew 8, you know, when he asked Jesus to heal his servant who had become paralyzed, he told Jesus, "You know, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I'll only speak, and the servant will be healed. Matthew Henry said this. He said, Even the best men are sinful men, and should be ready upon all occasions to own and embrace it, and especially to own it to Jesus Christ. For to whom else but to him who came into the world to save sinners should sinful men apply themselves. It is a miracle when men and women come to this point in their lives where they really come to grips with who they are who we are and who jesus is you know they 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 know that he has done all the work right nothing of themselves it's all about jesus it's all about the lord and i I recently went to this concert not too long ago um pray for my wife because she's almost semi-crazy about them um she uh was is really blessed by um by their ministry um they uh they really helped her in her time of need going through physical problems and and even spiritual problems too um but they they just point others to jesus christ right through their worship and uh and you know went to the concert and it it was a real blessing and then even after they they had this uh this question and answer period like i said she's crazy so we stood late and and heard the the questions there's about 40 people almost about this no more than 40 maybe about 100 around there People uh, asking questions. And most of them are pretty normal. But this one younger kid said, asked this question. He's like, you know, he's a musician as well. But he's like, I'm at a lower level. I'm at a lower level. I'm not to where you guys are at yet. I want to know how to get there. Honest question, right? Uh, For a kid. Um, So they both looked at each other. It's, um, you know, just a guy and a gal. And they're like, you know, um, we didn't do anything. You know, we, we did nothing. You know, we can't give you any advice as far as, you know, sing this song, uh, play the guitar this way. They're just, this is their ministry. You know, they 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 lead worship at their church, and, and God has give, given the increase. You know, they did nothing of themselves. And I think that was so cool, because I'm like, what are they going to say? You know, and, and I was so blessed to hear that, because I'll, I'll still let my wife go to the concerts, I think. <laughs> but, uh. It was a real blessing to hear that and just to know that that people can be affected by just by what the Lord does, not by what we have done in, in, in that in effect, right, but just our obedience and, and the Lord doing the work. And even looking at Katie, right, I mean, seeing the things up there on, on the internet, on the blog, and just, just through her obedience, right, she's affected. I know she probably punched me and she heard me saying this, right, but just... Knowing that her obedience, you know, the Lord has used and affected many people in that ministry. Being able to go to Cambodia, I never thought I'd be able to go. And my family has been touched by, by the Lord, but has used Katie in a mighty way in our, in our lives. You know, I believe some people were like, were like me early in my walk. You know, I knew who Jesus was. You know, I believe that. I believe he's the Son of God. Um, but I didn't really come to a full agreement, I guess you can say, of who I was. You know, a sinner. You know, I didn't realize, or, or like I said, come to grips with how unworthy I was to receive the grace and the mercy that God gives out each and every day. You know, it's all about His grace. And John Corson said this, he said, The, the highest form of worship is when we're just amazed by how good God is to sinners like us. When you see God move without any of your physical power, moving without you, it, it's humbling. Uh, you come to a point where suddenly you're aware of God's work, you're aware of God's power, you're aware of the presence of God, and that is always a humbling experience. No man who has stood in the presence of God can be proud. You know, standing in the presence of, of the Lord, a, a conscience presence, you know, of the Lord. Is always a humbling experience. And this is where Peter was at. You all know that God, that God loves you, correct? Raise your hand if you know that. That God loves you. And He wants to do things through your life. You know, He wants to bless us, He wants to use you for His kingdom, to tell people about His love. And He's, he's preparing us. It's, it's will, will we obey? You know, when we willfully give him our lives to take control of, he will do great things. He will do great things. Amen? When we willfully do that. And like it says in verse 10, you know, he tells Peter, we will have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to be afraid of. You know, I know this this passage here is more like, you know, a message about loving the lost and going out to, to save the lost but I think also it speaks of that personal confrontation with Jesus Christ individually first, where where Peter puts himself uh, or puts Jesus above himself. You know, Peter was used in a great way the rest of his life, bringing many to Jesus Christ, still not a perfect man in any way, made mistakes, said some crazy stuff, but still by the Lord's grace he used him. God help us to be like, like these men Who hear the word of God and obey the word of God and, and 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 can be witnesses of the miracles of God? You know their reaction. Their reaction, these guys, was they. It says they they were they forsook all to follow Jesus, and that word forsook means just to let go. You guys understand that? Let go, forsaking all, letting go and following Jesus. You know, everyone who has received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior is a walking miracle. You guys understand that? You're a walking miracle. And and I think if you haven't, you know, you need to get to that point where you place Jesus Christ over your life. That way people can see what God can do in your life. And it's a miracle. Do you understand? It's a miracle. Without a shadow of a doubt, it isn't about the fish. You know, it's about what God can do in our lives. And, and the way the Lord showed his love to, to Peter where there was a blessing to me, and I pray it was a blessing to